By now you know that Audacity version 3.2.0 has been released, but did you know that Audacity version 3.2.1 was just released as well? Let's talk about it. Probably the biggest thing for me since I'm on a Mac computer and I'm in the Mac operating system is that with the release of version 3.2.1, the problem that existed with the FFmpeg library has been resolved. When 3.2.0 came out, there was a compatibility issue. Well, I don't know if it was compatibility, maybe that's not the right word, but there was an issue with the FFmpeg library and version 3.2.0 on Mac computers running the M1 and M2 processor. Well, that's what I have. I have a 2021 MacBook Pro running an M1 processor, and when I started up version 3.2.0 for the first time, it said the FFmpeg library was missing. And yet when I browsed for it, it was right there. Well, I come to find out it's looking for an FFmpeg library with a different name. So I brought that to the fine folks at Audacity on the Discord server, and I guess after a little bit of research, they came back and said, well, just use the x86 version for the Mac, which I suppose they had built to kind of circumvent that issue until a fix could be installed. So that's what I did. I've been running the x86 version of Audacity version 3.2.0 for a Mac since it was released. But now in this latest fix in version 3.2.1, that problem with the FFmpeg library has been resolved for the Mac operating system. That was huge for me. That was very big for me. That was high on the list of fixes that need to be done on version 3.2.0 for the Mac. And that's been resolved. There's some other fixes in 3.2.1. I'll put a link in the description of this episode for you so that you can go take a look at those yourself and see if any of them applied to you. But what's your opinion of version 3.2.0 or 3.2.1 so far? You know, with version 3.2.0, we were given the ability to, to use stackable real-time effects, which is great. I was looking forward to that. It's like Audacity is growing up. But I still kind of have a foot in both worlds. You know, I have a couple of stackable real-time effects that I like to use. But I'm also still in the old world to a certain degree because there's some things there that I really like. First of all, I like the declicker. The declicker works fantastic for me in getting rid of unwanted mouth clicks and sounds and stuff like that. Noises that I'm making right now that you won't hear, because by the time you hear this, I will have run the declicker. Now I know there's other ways to do that, and I know that there's some real-time effects that can be installed. I'm aware of all of that. But I have to tell you that the declicker provided by Audacity really works well for me. And it's something that's a little hard to just drop and walk away from for me. I've tried a couple of other real-time noise clicking effects and noise suppression effects for Audacity, but in my opinion, if you're not real careful with the settings, they can make your recording sound really muddy and take away the brightness and the clarity that you want in your recording. So you have to be real careful with those settings. The declicker doesn't do that. The declicker does one thing. It declicks. There's no sacrifice of the audio quality with the Audacity declicker. So I'm still in that. I'm still staying there. So I've got a little bit of, you know, one foot in each world still, and I'm not in a big hurry to give up some of that stuff until this gets a little bit further along. But I'm glad that we have stackable real-time effects that don't actually touch the waveform. But here's my process. Whenever I'm going to do something in Audacity that's destructive, the first thing that I do with my original waveform is I duplicate it. And the way that you duplicate it on a Mac, you highlight the entire track and do a Command-D. I'm pretty sure in Windows it'll be Control-D, 
but that duplicates the track. And then I take that first track and minimize it, put it at the top and mute it. So it's out of the way. And then any destructive editing that I might still do on the working track, I can always go back if I really screw something up. I can always go back to that original track. It's always right there. It's untouched. And to be honest with you, I've never had to do that, but it's kind of a comfort thing. Hey, speaking of comfort things, if you're one who really liked the device toolbar in Audacity, you know how they took that and hit it behind the audio setup button? Here's a little secret, which really isn't a secret. The device toolbar is still there. You can get to it. When you've got Audacity open, if you go to the View drop-down menu and then go into Toolbars, you'll see it listed there. It'll be unchecked. But if you check the device toolbar, it puts it right back in there. And when it does, you've got all four of those drop-down windows available to you again to pick your sound card, your microphone, your speaker. All of that is still there. It's just hidden, kind of, but not really. So again, go to View, and then select on Toolbars, and then select the device toolbar if that's you know something that you like to see. I left mine hidden behind the audio setup button because I like having that little extra real estate on the screen for other things, particularly editing my tracks. And of course, it doesn't take up a lot of room, but every little bit helps. So if you're a fan of the device toolbar, you can still go get it. You can still have it there. It's still available to you. Maybe it'll go away in some future version. I have no clue. Again, I'm just an end user like you are. I'm not associated with Audacity in any way. I've just used the product for years and years, and I've made it my business to do a deep dive into it to really learn it. Hey, this is a pre-release episode of the Audacity Channel podcast. My plan is to launch this podcast formally in the winter of 2023 to coincide with the launch of my online school for podcasters and ACX audiobook narrators who use Audacity. You can see what's there at that school now by going to audacitybootcamp.com. And once there, you'll find the available courses that I have, which at the time of this recording are the ACX audiobook production using Audacity course. And I have a free course of Audacity updates that you can enroll for free, no strings attached, just jump in. And whenever there's a significant update to Audacity, I'll be posting a video there so that you can see what it is. And again, that address is audacitybootcamp.com. And I'm feverishly working on getting some more courses produced there. Yes, I use the word feverishly on purpose because I feel that I am working feverishly to get those other courses out. There's three other courses. There's beginning Audacity step-by-step for podcasters, intermediate Audacity step-by-step for podcasters, and advanced Audacity step-by-step for podcasters. Those three classes are in addition to the existing class for ACX audiobook narrators. The Audacity step-by-step classes will all be based on Audacity version 3.2.0 and later. And once I have them posted and in production, I'll be going back and redoing the ACX audiobook course for Audacity 3.2.0 and later. So go check it out if you're so inclined. Again, it's audacitybootcamp.com. To see the currently available courses, just click on Available Courses. There's also a promo video there that you can watch that I put together that explains in more detail what this school is going to be. So I'll let you go for now. Again, this is a pre-launch episode of the Audacity Channel podcast coming your way in the winter of 2023. I'll probably be leaking an additional episode or two between now and then, so stay tuned. Take care. (laughs) 